the Buffalo Podcast. Hi everyone, it's Monique Gordion, and the great news is you found the podcast, a space for stories that will arouse a smile and inspire us as we tap into our collective experiences. Enjoy. Very excited to have Mr. Neil Harris all the way from Hong Kong with me today. How are you, Neil? Hello, Monique. Hello. I'm good, thank you. It's, uh, I, it, we were just talking, weren't we, about... I've just come back from a walk and it's a bit sticky mm. in Hong Kong today. Yeah. But this is the best time to be in Hong Kong. It's the beautiful weather with the beautiful blue skies. Uh, no rain. Have you been in Hong Kong in the winter? And uh, Gosh. I've been to Hong Kong three or four times, but for the life of me, can't. it didn't rain, put it that way. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. We've had... Uh, Hardly any rain for about two months. Last time I was there was when I met you, actually, and I think that was um, kind of like uh, October or something. Mm. It seemed warm, mm. but maybe it wasn't. Mm. It gets mm. quite oh, hot there, doesn't it? Yeah, in Hong Kong. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's, it's, been, it's been good, though, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm so excited to hear about your stories, and thank you so much for the opportunity to share them with us. My pleasure, my pleasure. I mean, uh, I think, uh, Monique, that really, when I'm sort of thinking about what we would talk about, um, you know, it just occurred to me that I've I've been a sort of theatre person for a while now and a drama teacher for a while. When I say theatre person, really, I'm a drama teacher. I can't pretend to be anything other than drama teacher. Oh, But whenever I have things outside work, (laughs) I know, I know, you'll get a lot of that. You'll be sick of it. But... um, (laughs) Um, when I've not been teaching, you know, and yeah. trying to do creative things outside work, um, I guess the stories that any stories I might tell today really are, are kind of evidence of of a few things like um, luck, mm. chance, and and mm. sort of trust. Really, that kind mm. of thing. Oh, I'm really so eager to hear this. I love that those sort of themes. Brilliant. Well, that's kind of how I met you as well, isn't it? Is that uh, we had a mutual friend, didn't we, in yes. Tom? Yeah. And he said, look, I, I know, met this great woman on the walk. Uh, yeah, Camino. Camino. Yeah. yeah. And you'd love to meet her. And so, yeah. uh, you know, it's that, it's that kind of thing that I yeah. think creative people will buy into, won't they? Mm. Yeah, true. And, uh, and so, I mean, really, um, the sort of context for these kind of stories really is that uh, as a classroom teacher and a you know of drama, we'll have we'll we'll be relied upon every year to do some big production. You know, mm. um, nobody comes knocking at your door, but it's certainly <laughs> expected. And um, and at, at those points, really, that this is kind of where the sort of trust element comes in, and that you know what what is performance and productions, but but an act of faith, isn't it, on everybody's part, an act uh, yes. of trust and an act of faith. Yes. And, uh, and self-belief, with... self-belief, mm. yeah, and and instilling that belief in others, isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Because uh, you know you're you're a theatre person as well, and you wouldn't go into a venture mm. unless you had belief in it. Yeah, that's true. But it doesn't mean that everybody else shares that. <laughs> that's and called faith. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah. And some things are easy to sell, aren't they? Like mm. if we, if I go to the kids at school and I say, hey, guys, we're going to do Greece. Mm. 
absolutely no problem at all. They would be lining up to, to be in it. But if I say to them, as I have, oh. <laughs> we're going to do the Ramayana, oh. it's, you can hear the tumbleweed blowing through the room. You know? What? What's that? <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. So, so really kind of that's the theme of the stories really is that, um, is that this act of faith, this act of trust that when you, you set out to do something, especially if it's quite big in scale, and mm. you know, when we're working in schools, we're often working with a cast of at least 60, oh. and maybe as much as 80. Whoa. And there may be an orchestra involved as Good well. Good grief. And uh, there may be dance involved too. That's quite a common thing at the school we've been working at. Can I ask and you a so, question? Yeah, do you mind? Sure. So with these 60 to 80 people, do you actually get some of them to be set design and backstage and helping with production and things like that? Yes, we do, Monique. Sorry about that. I think no, that's, that's probably okay. my daughter. I'll switch my phone off. Um, yes, we do. And uh, actually, that, that 60 is cast. That's actual actors. Oh, really? And you're talking about maybe a team, a backstage team of about 20 or something like that. Um, and, and more and more that that is something that I'm trying to, to do more and more of is that, is that we say to the children, um, this is what we'd like to do. We'd like you to run it. We would like you to tell the story. Um, the last one we worked on in this way was Frankenstein. And oh. we summarized the novel down to 30 pages. And... Uh, uh, and then we had a cast of about 60. They were split into three groups and each of them got a third of that 30 pages. Good gracious. And it's like, okay, there's Frankenstein reduced seriously. Um, you tell the story. We'll help you. Oh, so they wrote the script as well. They wrote the script. Uh, you know, student directors uh, took responsibility for their little part of the cast. Yeah. And yeah, they they improvised, they uh, stole from the text we'd given them. When they needed to go back to Mary Shelley, they did and found extra dialogue. So um, yeah, I think that 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 you can see on children's faces that um, they maybe at some point they they doubt it. They think, does does he really mean that we're going to do this? Mm -hmm. And uh, and then over the next few weeks, I think they you'll get a bit of attrition, you'll get a few kids drop out because they think, I didn't sign up for this level of work, you know. Because yeah. it's a lot harder to, to, to do for them than yeah. it is for them to just turn up and for us to direct their every move, you know. Exciting for them that when, when they've got their audience there, there's about 150 people watching. So there's about, about twice as many in the audience as there are in the cast. <laughs> and their parents and stuff like that. Yeah. And, but the kids get a real sense of, my gosh, we told that bit of the story really well. And that was, that was our choosing, that was our movement. Mm. And, um, and the other part of the faith in all of that and the trust in all of that is that we don't really audition. Oh. Um, and that's a kind of an unwritten policy, which is painful, but also wonderful. Mm. In that, you know, if you turn up and you've got a voice and you can read the text to learn it, you're in. Mm. And, you know, you might not be very good. You might yeah. be quite a weak performer, but how are you going to get better? Yeah. 
if I say thanks for your audition, but we're looking for somebody else, you know, yeah. how are you going to have that chance again? You probably won't turn up, will you, the next time around? If you're this, a teenager, this seems like a very compassionate and supportive process that you do. Um, I think it's probably born out of my own experiences of auditioning and things like that, which I've always found really quite brutal. Mm. And um, you're often second guessing, aren't you? Mm. Um, nobody will ever, it's a bit like a job interview, nobody will ever really tell you. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh, we didn't give it you because of that answer you gave there. You, yeah. <laughs> In a way, you'd, you'd rather they did, yeah? Yeah, how can you learn, actually? Exactly, yeah, mm. exactly. Wow, that's a really great process. Obviously, for the lead roles, you're going to need people who are a bit stronger because they've got more dialogue. Yeah. They've really got to get... Uh, so much more across in their performance. Yeah. So how does yeah. that happen? How how do yeah. the kids sort of do they self-nominate who's going to have those well, get, roles? Or I think they 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 sometimes they have done. Yeah, sometimes they have done, and and our, that's really our teaching role. Then you know, mm. so of course our teaching role is, a, is an artistic one. Mm. We want them to tell the story well. We want to give them some skills to do it. Mm. So in Frankenstein, that would be choreographic skills, um, how to choreograph a, a, a sequence that will tell a part of the story, um, how to where you might be on stage to work with an audience all around you, that kind of thing. But yeah. they, they don't know unless no. you teach them. No. Um, and then they do self-nominate. And that's part of our teaching process as well, is to say, well, you know, we think that this person would be good for it. We're often in agreement with the children. You know, yeah. It's probably the oldest. Yeah. Or it's probably the one who was brave enough to do it. And kids are very good at saying to you, this is the level I want. You know, mm. and, and, and it's wonderful to see children's ambition as well. You know, that they yeah. equally will say, I want to play, I want a lead role. Yeah. And you're often surprised because you think, it's not the kids you, you would think. You think, yeah, you can usually tell they really mean it and it would really mm. be great for them, yeah. So. Yes, yeah, so I've, I've seen some interviews by some quite famous actors who profess to be introverts and they, they obviously become quite, well, not extroverted, but uh, very proactive in the role mm. that they're in. Mm. Um, but it's not being themselves. They're playing a part. They're en encapsulating a character and all of the emotions yeah. and, and the story that goes along with that. So often people think actors are the extroverts or the loud people, or, yeah. but that's not always the case. That's right. That's mm. right. And, uh, I mean, what do you think about yourself, Monique, uh, when you've done sort of performance work, would you say that you, you're an introvert? <laughs> Oh, I'm, I, you know, my acting is rather limited, but um, I definitely am an extrovert. Um, I suppose uh, in that I'm, I quite can easily talk to people and, yeah. and make my way that way. Um, but I think the older I get, I actually am not yeah. quite as uh, that way, but 
you know, I, I must admit, I really disliked auditioning. And mm. I was quite lucky in a lot of the things I've done. I've known people, so I've got a, yeah. got yeah. Uh, parts that way. Or it's yeah. my own productions. And then, yeah. well, you know, <laughs> I'm the boss, so I can do whatever yeah. I want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I did like a one-woman show for a little while and, you know, that was obviously completely... Um, you know, my, my thing really. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fantastic. Yeah. When um, you're doing the one person show, was it lonely experience or did you have a friend directing and sort of mentoring? Yeah. So I had it came on oh, what's this turning into me, but it's your story. But, um, I had a dream actually, and it was very, uh, the story, the dream was a story. And I went to a friend of mine who was a producer and, and theater director. And I told him about my dream. And he said, I, I said, I think this could be a, a performance piece. And he said, so do I. And I said, can you help me write it? And he goes, no. Yeah. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I think <laughs> you can do it. And I went, oh, you know, so I did. And he helped me put the music together. And it was a mime theatre piece. So there wasn't script yeah, yeah. per se, it was mask, a lot of mask work. Yeah. But, you know, I'm still very good friends with that person who is a... Um, an artist himself now and I you know the support of people who believe in you is yeah. absolutely because my life changed from that point yeah. and a lot of yeah. it was because of his support so Daryl yeah. Rogers if yeah. you're listening thank you very much and yeah. uh, so people like you teachers who are so supportive and and is I mean your personality is from what I can see and hear is very supportive and uh, you seem to have a lot of compassion and insight into the kids. So, so I think that must be wonderful for them to be in a, such a safe environment that it sounds like you provide. Mm. Mm. I mean, that's well mm. done you. I've got, got a funny story for you about one of the first times I wrote uh, you know, a, a play. Oh, and I, yes. was, uh, I was I was I was teaching quite a long time ago, um, at, uh, about thirty years ago, and and uh, these I had this group of kids, and they were there was about six of them, I think, six or seven of them, and and they were you know like like a, some drama groups, they were probably like a mixed bunch, you know, and mm. you do you do tend to attract children who who perhaps don't fit into the cliques and so on, you know, mm. and this, this group were definitely that, and they were very interesting and very talented kids and. We came to the time when we had to choose a play, and you know we couldn't fix on anything that would suit them all. So I, I just said, okay, well I'll try and write you something, knowing you all, knowing you each individually, I'll write you all parts. So um, I, I wrote this play, and for some reason I thought it'd be a good idea to stage it in a diner, in like sort of you know the sort of the the, the America everyone imagines, you know, yeah. in the middle of nowhere. And I called it crazy after the Patsy Cline song, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm crazy. Crazy for you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And uh, so I'd, I'd written this play for them. And they, they, they were very, very nice. I said, oh, this is, yeah, this is fine, Mr. Harris. I like my part. I like my role. Or could I be a bit more angry? Yeah, that, and that's quite a nice process. To yeah. Of. And then uh, with about two or three weeks had gone by. <laughs> and, um, and I walked into the rehearsal room. And there was an atmosphere. 
Mm. And you just know that somebody, uh, they've been talking and that some, there's a little kind of delegation being set up, you know. Okay. So sure enough, they push the, the more confident one forward. <laughs> and this guy, who I'm still very good friends with, and he's gone into the theatre world, but he says to me, Mr. Harris, um, you promised it would be a comedy. Oh. <laughs> and I said, I did, didn't I? So it's taken a really serious turn, hasn't it? And they said, yeah, yeah, it has. What, what are you going to do about it? So oh, fantastic. Said, they called you out. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, you know what? I will never forget that because I really respected their bravery. Yes. I thought that's, that's how I don't think when I was a kid, I could have gone up to a teacher and said, hey, what you've done is not what we want. Was this in um, the United Kingdom or was it in? This was here. This oh, was okay. In Hong Kong, yeah. And um, so that night I went home and I, <laughs> whatever your character was, you got, and I gave him a quota. I said, you'll all have five laughs uh, the next time you do the script. <laughs> and it was a nice little challenge. Okay, I've got to take that very serious scene and put some gags into it. Good gracious. <laughs> and how was that for you? Like, are you a comedy writer or are you more into drama? I'm, that's a great question, Monique. And I, I think about that a lot, but I'm more into drama, mm. but I can't stop being funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Well, I, I think I'm being funny, but I'm, <laughs> I can't stop the need to try and be funny. Yeah. I okay. can't stop that urge. So, um, which leads me on to, to you know, you're saying, oh, you're looking forward to my stories. Well, I've given you one, one early story, but um, my probably the biggest success in terms of cachet or whatever you want to call it mm. is I had a, a, a play accepted by the BBC um, oh. for the radio. And, oh, uh, the radio, for a radio play. For Radio 4, yeah. You know, they ah. do the afternoon plays. They've been doing it for... Yeah. Since, since I didn't know they were still the doing it, but... That's great. Oh, yeah. mm. Every uh, every morning at 11, usually in Britain, and anywhere you can get radio for, yeah. um, you'll, get a, you'll get a drama. And every afternoon at about 2.30, you'll get an hour-long drama. And now I might be out of date here, but that's kind of how it always was. Mm. And so um, this is where the serendipity comes in, is that I've, written, I've been to India mm. with my wife, Mary, and uh, we had an amazing time. Now, she, she, Mary was, uh, was pregnant with our twin children. Oh. This was 28 years ago. Oh. And um, we were crazy, really. We were really crazy. So we're, we're on trains and off trains and it, it, trying to buy a first-class ticket, ending up in third class and so on. Oh, uh, you know, oh gosh. Third class, that would have been yeah. an experience. India's I know. so... I know dramatic <laughs> yeah it's so dramatic that i wrote about it you know that, uh, that was how that was how i responded was um you know you'd see you'd get a lot of beggars everywhere wouldn't you? Mm. and it's confronting isn't it mm. and then you'd, you'd listen to your local guides and, and and indian people and they would say you know um tell them to go away you know, yeah. very bluntly and it's very challenging yes. for me from my background to, to do that yeah. And so I came back and I, I wrote a play, which initially was called uh, Soap for the Untouchables. 
soap oh. as in a soap opera yeah, and the untitled okay. as in the, the, cla the cast. Yeah. The class. I hope I'm not using the wrong word. So anyway, um, I wrote this quite a serious play. We staged it in Hong Kong. It was quite well received. And this one I sent off to, to the BBC. Oh. And, and um, I could probably sent it to about four or five regional centres. You've just got to be a, use a scattergun approach and just yep. try yeah. anybody in it. Be audacious and, and just give it a go. Absolutely. And, mm. and so the luck here was that the producer who picked it up, her, her mother was Indian. And that's the kind of hook that you need, isn't it? Yeah. You need somebody who's got a personal interest yes. in the kind of thing yeah. you're writing. Because it resonates with them. And they feel absolutely. it. There's a connection there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So there I am, you know, with my, um, you know, Western tourist head on in India, sort of in a way, I guess, approaching, you know, the culture and, and the religion and stuff like that. And, 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 and I managed to, it, it to reach a producer uh, in, in uh, BBC Wales and who, who took a personal interest. And then um, the connections go on then because the, the, the actress who played the lead Indian role in it um, is a woman called Nadia Wadia. And sorry, Nina Wadia, Nina Wadia. And she uh, turns out to have been a Hong Kong person herself. Oh. So again, these connections go yeah. on and on. And, yeah. and then I can write to her and say, oh, which school did you go to? Oh, I know that school really well. Oh, uh, yeah. So I think so often this has been the case is that just by, by putting stuff out there, you know, it does come back to connections, doesn't it? And, it and does. It's not like I know these people. It's uh, just I've got lucky with, with having this kind of scattergun approach. That's great, isn't it? What a, what a story. So you've obviously heard the production and were you pleased with how it went. Oh, it's brilliant. I mean, yeah. you must relate to this. If you've ever created something that other people perform. Yes. That's really strange, isn't it? Yes. Because you've made, you know, it's not the same as you doing your one person show, but no. if you give your one person show to somebody else and watch them do it. Yeah. That's a whole different ball game, isn't it? And it's, it's yeah. so rewarding, isn't it? It is. It really is. It's uh, yeah. It's your it's it's your creativity exhibited in front of your eyes, and and people have taken up, taken it up, taken their energy and and put themselves into it. It's very gratifying, actually. Even yeah, though yeah. it's quite different from what you've done, that's really amazing. Yeah. 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 And um, oh, so uh, we got onto that by talking about comedy. And oh, um, yes. so th there's another example of this very kind of worthy and probably wordy play called yeah. Soap for the Untouchable. And the first thing they said was, lose the title. Oh. It's too worthy. You know, we, that's not what we do. So it, then it becomes a soap queen for New Delhi, which kind of told the story much better. It was about an American actress who's in the soap opera which is beamed into India. Her biggest audience is India and she goes there to meet the family. And, and she's it's shocked at what her she observations of 
of life. She's actually, the story uh, is that um, she, she befriends the chambermaid, who she thinks can't speak any English at all. The woman oh. is just shy. Yeah. And she just won't, won't talk to her. She just listens. Oh. And so she, you know, a lot of the first 15 minutes is this woman just talking to this chambermaid as if she can't understand that she's taking it all in. And um, as the time goes by, and she spends her time in India, she visits the sites, she does her speeches to the Rotary Club of New Delhi and things like that. And, um, and then this woman, this chambermaid, becomes kind of friendly with her. She's now shared the fact that she's pretty good at English. She watches the program. She knows exactly what she's been saying. And one night, uh, she, this, oh, the, the actress says, um, I wish I could help. You know, that's a natural... Mm. response to extreme poverty how can i help how can i help you yeah how can I help your family and so this woman um calls her out on it if you like calls her bluff and she, she arrives and um, this might be implausible to your listeners i don't know but she arrives one night with a child and she says you really want to help this is my granddaughter to adopt so the child you could have a great life in America, don't you think? Wow. And, and um, I think that, I don't know whether she meant it. Mm. I think we're just kind of calling her out a little bit. On yeah. And, and then the actress clearly has to backpedal real fast. And when I say help, you know, I, I don't mean that level of help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There is that... Um, they're at that tension when you do visit India. It's it is confronting the poverty, you know, and you do feel con a little conflicted, actually. Yeah. I think with what Absolutely. with the overwhelm really of of, and yeah. it's like that in any any country that is. Um, I mean, there's a lot of wealthy middle class people in India. It's not all poor, but. Uh, yeah. You do see that. I've been to the Philippines and Africa and, you know, many places where there's quite a bit of poverty and it's it's quite challenging, you know. Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, in, in teaching, you know, we, we, we go quite regularly with kids before COVID. Yeah. We go on trips and, and, and many of the trips are, are, are meant to be, you know, of a charitable nature. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a lot of really rich, discussion to be had around all of that and yeah. what is ethical yeah and yes what is ethical charity yeah how are we doing for time money oh yes time. it's actually time to round up i i'm sure. i was thinking gosh maybe we could do some more but um they were really interesting stories thank you so much for sharing that and no problem. your essence really came across very beautiful. Thank you. I, yeah. I hope I've got more essence left. <laughs> I hope we haven't taken all your essence. I'm sure there's plenty there <laughs> for, for your children and your students <laughs> and your wife and so on. Um, well, thank you for no um, really for sharing those stories and maybe we'll get you back another time down the track. And, be great money. and I'll get to. the timing right this time. Okay. Um, so everybody, um, you know, we all just want to say thanks to Neil for sharing his stories. And we look forward to 
people out there wanting to share their story. We really want to hear everyone's story because every story is important. And so thank you, Neil. And uh, we'll talk again another time. And God bless. Take care. Thank you.